0: What is up? Welcome to Stick to Football Live. I don't know what was happening in the background right before we went live. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was bottles were clicking can't hold everywhere. It in. Right, we are on vacation, so somebody was apparently getting their stock ready. Line up the Coronas, baby. It is vacation time after today on Stick to Football. If you missed the news, we are going on summer break, so the Hawaiian shirts come out. I was going to put my feet on the desk and smoke a cigar, but uh, that hasn't happened yet. Matt, Mello, and Connor, we still have a little bit of work to do before we just turn up for the summer. Today, we are grading the NFC West drafts. So basically, I get to cry about my favorite team after realizing that Mello's team and Connor's team are probably better than mine in 2020. I'm ready to go that far with it. That's <laughs> a bold take, buddy. It is a bold take. Don't forget, you guys can leave your draft on draft questions right here if you're watching in the Bleacher Report app. If you're listening in the podcast version, put this baby on repeat and let it ride for the next two months because this is, uh, outside of Twitter, all we got for you. So it's uh, it's going to be a good one. We'll go out with a bang. That is for sure the bang you probably heard with all the cups falling right before the show started. All right, enough enough of that. Let's get into the show. We are starting with the San Francisco 49ers today, guys. Melo and Connor are going to give you their grades, and we're going to run through our favorite picks and players. Mello, start us off. What's your grade for this one, buddy? For your San Francisco 49ers,
1: I don't understand this draft and what they're doing here, really. You get Javon Kinlaw, who I like uh, quite a bit, actually, and I really like his fit in this defense. I think the ceiling for Javon Kinlaw might be a guy by the name of DeForest Buckner, Ugh. who you Ugh. traded... From this spot. So do I like the pick? Yes, but I don't understand the thinking behind this. I I don't think DeForest Buckner is even a guy that's ridiculously expensive. He's one of the top at his position. I, I think he's easily top three interior defensive lineman in the entire NFL. And now you're going out and you're trying to replace him. I just don't understand that. You're trading back to do it at 14. And, again, even in the first round, I don't love Brandon Ayuk. I didn't think that he was a first-round talent. I thought there were a lot of other receivers on the board when he was drafted, and I don't love the other picks. I knew you only had, like, five picks in this draft. I don't love it. I'm going to give it a D minus. I really don't see how this team got that much better this offseason.
2: I I liked this draft a little bit more than you, Melo. I didn't think it was a home run by any standard, but I gave it a B, just a flat-out average draft. Now, of course – Replacing DeForest Buckner, that's just not very realistic. But I think Javon Kinlaw is going to be a very good NFL player at the next level. I look at his body type and his athleticism and that raw power. He can develop into a really good pass rusher, especially playing with a talent that they already have on that defensive line. Brandon Ayuk is another guy that's a really good scheme fit there. I don't know if I would have liked him in the first round for many other teams, but when I look at the Niners and Ayuk, he's somebody that can win down the field. But if you scheme him open, he's one of the more dangerous players in this class with the ball in his hands. So that's exciting to me when I look at him and Debo Samuel. I know Matt's favorite quarterback, Jimmy G. uh, We'll see if he can (laughs) get these guys going. But once again, this is a really good addition for their offense. And then I actually think There are some pretty good value adds in this draft. Colton McKibbitz is somebody that I see transitioning to guard and being decent at it. Jawan Jennings is the sleeper here. For a guy that went as late as he did, he's a monster after the catch. And I don't think they're going to use him just as a wide receiver or a move to tight end. He'll play an H-back kind of role. So... Not a, by any means, some kind of slam dunk draft, but I think they got quite a few productive starters in it.
0: Yeah, guys, I think what I worry about here, as someone who, I've been a fan of this team since I was six years old, I lived through the Trent Baalke reign of, oh my God, we're drafting these good players like Marshawn Lattimore, but there's so many, or so many injury concerns. You know, like that's the thing, Marcus Lattimore, excuse me, not Marshawn. That's my thing with Kinlaw and Ayuk. You drafted in the first round, two guys who have to play and contribute at a high level, not just right now, but for the next five years, as first round picks. And they both have injury concerns. Javon Kinlaw had a hip labrum that had to be repaired. Back injuries in two years. Both knees have been hurt. Brandon Ayoub couldn't run at the senior bowl. He couldn't run at the combine. He couldn't do anything pre-draft because of injuries. This reminds me so much of Trent Baalke where let's just take these good players who fell to us because of injury concerns and completely forgetting the fact that they fell to you because of injury concerns. So I don't like the two first-round picks at all because of that. I think there were safer players on the board. I think there were better players on the board. When it gets to the, the depth, there are only five picks in this draft. That's another big part of this. Colton McKivitz, I do like. I think is the best value of any pick they made in the fifth round because I saw someone that could play tackle in the NFL, could play in that right tackle position. We do have to mention, yes, they traded for Trent Williams. That's a big part of this draft class, and we're hoping that after a year away from football, he's going to have a seamless transition back into this offense that he's never or had. Hasn't played in since Kyle Shanahan was with the Redskins way back in the day. But Colt McKivitz, whether it's at guard or right tackle, I do think he has good value in this specific offensive scheme. And Connor mentioned Juwan Jennings. I like Charlie Warner pretty well. At the tight end out of Georgia. He's gonna be a backup, a backup tight end in the sixth round. When you one? only have five picks, you took a
1: backup tight end. That's yep. I, I had a problem with it that way. And I didn't like the way he moved. But they've hit late on tight
0: ends before, so maybe there's true. some value there. I give but it a D. Gave it a D. My hope and prayer is that somehow you trade Jimmy Garoppolo to Houston for Deshaun Watson. I'm just starting that rumor right now. You know what? Crazier things have happened. I laugh at it, but it could happen. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to Seattle, the team that is pining for the number one spot in this draft. They have not traded Russell Wilson yet, despite what our, our good friend Chris Sims reported was rumored to have happened back in 2018. Mello, how do they do in this draft with Russ I I like what they did in
1: this draft, and I think Jordan Brooks was maybe a little bit of a reach, but not as much as one as people probably think. At the end of the first round, I think this is a linebacker that would have went early second uh, at the lowest, and he fits this defense what they want to do. They're getting a little old at the linebacker position. This team doesn't have a whole lot of needs on it. And when you look at the board and how it felt to them, they probably could have went with Patrick Queen, but I think they like the fit with Jordan Brooks. I mean, I know it came from his agent, but he was even saying this is the best true middle linebacker in this class. He might not have been wrong. I probably would have had Kenneth Murray ahead of him, but when you look at Patrick Queen, there's a lot of questions with can he come up and make plays in the backfield like we're seeing jordan brooks do here you don't have those questions so i really like this pick of jordan brooks i'm gonna give this draft a b plus i really like what they did here
2: i'm gonna be honest i just don't know how seattle does it they reach in the first round every single year and they still remain one of the most competitive teams in the nfc and i actually think jordan brooks is one of their better reaches in recent years but once again I felt like you could have got him probably in the second round, and I thought Patrick Queen was just a much better linebacker prospect. So, getting away though from Jordan Brooks, because I actually was one of the picks I did like overall because of I think he'll be a good player. Daryl Taylor was a guy that was inconsistent in college. He, he came and then he went. He disappeared at times. Yes, there's some pass rush upside there. Yes, there's the strength to play the run. But once again, I didn't value him as a second round player. You look at Damian Lewis and Colby Parkinson. I don't know if Lewis can hold up in pass pro and parkinson was a former five-star recruit you know something that they do value in previous drafts but just wasn't very productive in college so for seattle felt like a lot of reaches do think they got a couple decent players but this is a c for me i just didn't see the pick that stands out that you go man that guy's going to be a franchise player or a player that we're going to have for the next six to eight years and be a really high-end starter
0: so i'm actually on the complete opposite end. i gave it an a i liked their draft a lot i had jordan brooks at 33 overall and what i do love about it i know i'm making a big connection here bobby wagner played for matt wells at utah state jordan brooks played for matt wells at texas tech now they're together with the Seattle Seahawks at linebacker. And I think that's the mentality here. They have built this team around Russell Wilson and around Bobby Wagner. As Wagner starts to get older, your hope is that Jordan Brooks just becomes him, just replaces him in the middle of that defense. drill Taylor at a 79 overall. I liked him as a speed rusher. And when we got out of round one, like once Udor Grossmanos was off the board, it was like, okay, well, who's the next best pass rusher? You're basically taking a chance on traits at that point. I thought Taylor's traits were off the charts good. So their first two picks, I liked but I want to tell you about a sleeper that they may have got late in this draft in round four, and that is DJ Dallas out of Miami. You heard us talk about this with Cam Akers at Florida State. We said all the time, the production he had behind that terrible offensive line with no quarterback – It makes you believe in him. Same damn thing for DJ Dallas. Just go down the state, you find a back that I thought was very similar to Cam Akers. A little bit stockier, maybe not as much speed, but this is a power runner. He is so much like Chris Carson, who is their starting running back. Rashad Penny, I'm sorry, bro. I know you're a first-round pick. I would not be shocked if DJ Dallas is taking a big part of that rep, Sherry, in the background because this is a talented player with that that body lean and the power that they want in that Seahawks offense. So I give them an A in this draft. It's like a Marshawn Lynch type back. May I'm not gonna go there.
1: I mean, not as powerful, <laughs> right. but yeah.
0: We'll see a Chris Carson tight bag. Don't forget, you guys can send in those draft on draft questions. Uh, maybe we vote on who has the best Hawaiian shirt today. Connor's got the formal wear going. Melo's ready to drink 3090 Lights. And I just bought this shirt today. So we're somewhere in between. Today's show is sponsored, though, by PlayStation. Home to NCAA football 2014. The last college football game the NCAA felt they could put out before. Ed O'Bannon got mad and people started asking questions. So dust off Denard Robinson on the cover and play NCAA. NCAA 14, where you can play as a legally unpaid Jameis Winston and lead the Seminoles to the 2014 National Championship game, a matchup, Melo and Connor, most people will remember as that legendary duel between current free agent kickers, Cody Parkey and Roberto Aguayo. NCAA 14, the graphics are okay. Thank you, PlayStation, for supporting Stick to Football. I going to
1: play so much of that game.
0: Yeah, two months. Do whatever you want. Yeah, so much. So I'm am, about right I'm now. committed to my golf game over the summer. Most, Connor, what are you doing with your break? We're going off the rails here today. They can't stop us. What are you doing with your, your two months off?
2: I thought about golf, honestly. I think it's going to be a lot of beach time for me, the social distancing version of that, some kayaking where you could literally just paddle away from anybody that gets near you. But I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I, I say I'm going to get back into golf every year, and then I absolutely go, I'm not doing this.
0: That is me every year as well. But we played last week, and I wasn't bad. So I think I'm going to lean into it because we got time. I love that Connor's being active. I also got the shirt. Though. and Yeah, yeah, I got the shirt, so we got to do it. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Rams. The new uniforms suck. Hopefully the draft was better. Connor, <laughs> you get to start with this one. I got nothing for these guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Connor, uniforms are tr- start this one off.
2: <laughs> the uniforms are trash, but the draft was not. The Rams did a really good job, and this is a team that – It felt like they didn't have any premium selections, but they come out of it with some premium players. Cam Akers is somebody that I think is going to be a really good starting NFL running back in all three you know, aspects of the game as a pass catcher, pass protector, and inside-outside runner. Van Jefferson, super high-floor kind of player in my eyes that'll fit McVay's scheme very well. Good route runner, good hands. I thought the steal of this group here, guys, is actually Terrell Burgess. I think he's somebody that's going to play the slot at the next level and do a really really good job of it throw lewis when he's on the field he's phenomenal we just don't know if he'll be able to play guys with the injury history that he has so when you look at what the rams did here uh, this might be a three-player class without any premium picks that's really really well done i'm actually curious to see also how they use bryson hopkins in that offense as well behind gerald everett so when you look at it you get a pretty big piece for your defense that late in the draft and a guy like Burgess that Let's be real, they need cover players in that division. You have a whole new look on offensive skill players already to stack with guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I like the direction the Rams went in this draft. It's a B-plus all the way for me.
1: And I'm right there with you, Connor. I'm going to go A-minus for these guys, specifically with the Cam Akers thing. I, I didn't know what the direction of the team was going to be after they moved on from Gurley. But they got their running back. And I think with a little bit of offensive line help, this guy can come in and be just as productive of what we saw out of Todd Gurley, at least out of the last two seasons. We've mentioned it, uh, it feels like, a million times on this show. The guy had no offensive line help, and he was still able to do a damn good job against some talented ACC defenders. I like Cam Akers. I like that he can come in immediately and help this offense, an offense that actually needs quite a bit of help after last year. Now Jared Goff doesn't have to just sit back there and listen to Sean McVay in his ear all day. Now he can actually get a running game, get a little bit more help. You add a target later in Van Jefferson, who I think is one of the best route runners in this class. A-. I thought the Rams did a really good job with their draft.
0: They're maybe the offseason losers with those uniforms, but a very good draft. I just feel so badly for K-makers. You go from the worst offensive line in of college football to the worst offensive line in the NFL. Like My man has no chance at all. Hopefully he can get something going. No first-rounder doesn't stop this from being a very good draft. Some big bets on injury players, though. I think that is the key here. Will Van Jefferson, stay healthy. A player I, I really like. Melo said it. I think he was the best route runner in the entire draft class. Terrell Lewis, first-round body, fourth-round production at Alabama because he couldn't stay on the field. So that is the key here. Where do you get the production from this class? Because when you just look at the names, there are five starters here. And you're seeing Van Jefferson if you're watching the show on the app. That route running is just silky smooth. But you have an older player who has had a foot injury – and never had much production of Florida. I know some of that was on the quarterbacks before Kyle Trask took over, but I think there's a lot of projection here with this Rams draft. So I gave it a B minus. I think there are a lot of upside players, but this is the biggest boom or bust class, excuse me, of the NFC West. I would agree with that. I think even those guys, like if you don't get, you know, Cam Akers some
1: help, we're gonna say that you wasted a running back again.
0: Yep, there it is. All right, the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is the hottest team in the NFC West, maybe in the NFC. I know a lot of fans are mad at
2: me over at Connor. Please tell everyone why I'm right. And it starts with this draft. I love the direction this team is going in, and I'm with you, Matt. They're one of the scarier teams in the NFC, quietly. They're the team that, you know, might finish last, and you're laughing at them, and then you go, wait a minute. Year two, Kyler Murray, a couple pieces like Isaiah Simmons, value like Josh Jones at 72. You beefed up the interior defensive line, as you could see right there. That's gonna help a lot. That was a weakness for them last year. This team should not get run on like they did last year. The steal of it, though, for me amongst all of this is getting Eno Benjamin in the seventh round. When I look at that... Man, he's just a seamless fit. You saw what happened when Kenyon Drake got traded to Arizona, the production he had. Now you have a backup that, sure, he might not be as explosive as Drake, but he could do a lot of the same things. He's a really good pass catcher. He's a tough, hard-nosed runner that can make things happen at the second level of the field over and over again, and a super high-character player that's going to go in there, and they're just going to look to win more football games. They have the quarterback to do it. I thought Cliff Kingsbury gave you a lot of hope in his debut NFL season. I like what the Cardinals are doing doing. And let's not forget Chandler Jones. He would get more recognition as a consistent defensive player of the year candidate if he was on a better team. Well, guess what? They're going to be a better team. It's a B plus here for Arizona.
1: Yeah. I, I know somebody was in my Twitter mentions talking about how much we love Arizona. And I said, they're coaches from tech, they're quarterbacks from OU. Like they could be in the running for a team I hate the most, but I love <laughs> what they did in the draft. I'm going to give it a B plus. They obviously get Isaiah Simmons, who I love And I hope they play at multiple positions. But I also love the Josh Jones pick here. I mean, this is a guy who I think we could have seen Arizona trade back in the first round and pick him up in the mid-first round, and we would have said, okay, that's fine. They got this dude in the third round, third round of the NFL draft, and I think he can come in and start. Uh, almost immediately for them. He might need some time to catch up and develop a little bit before he's that left tackle of the future, but I think that he could play some guard or right tackle, get his feet wet in the NFL, and then eventually you have a third-round pick who could be your left
0: tackle of the future. Yeah, they did a great job here. I gave it a B, and I do think with Pat Pete, he's not going to be suspended for the first four games. You're going to have a healthy defensive line. I think this defense is going to be nasty this year when you add in Isaiah Simmons. But it's not just him. It's Rashard Lawrence. Yeah. Anytime you watched LSU tape this year, whether it was Patrick Queen, Jacob Phillips, Caleb on chase on, there was a man up front opening the door, and that was Rashard Lawrence. A player I've, I've said on this podcast before, told you guys a million times, In my notes next to his name, I wrote, you like him, don't move him down no matter what. He was just a beast at that five-technique position. I think that's where he's going to play in Arizona where you have Chandler Jones. You guys said it. He might be the best pass rusher in football, period. He's that good. Now Rashard Lawrence is going to keep offensive tackles off him. He's going to rock back offensive guards. So I really, really like what they're building on this defensive line. I'm giving it a B. I think they got starters in round three. They got starters in round four. And I've said it on Twitter. People got pissed. This is a team that the rest of the NFC West has to be afraid of. If Kyler Murray can get the ball out a little bit faster and help his offensive line, they got weapons, and now they're going to be dangerous on defense, too. Well, I think too. when you look at these teams, it's you have to win your division
1: first. And Arizona looked at it and said, we have to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Stop the run game. You loaded up with these defensive linemen. You got Isaiah Simmons. You got somebody to protect
0: against Nick Bosa. Like They're coming for the throats of your 49ers. All right, we get to pick some division winners. I think it's Melo's turn to go first, but I've honestly lost track. Melo, you're up. I'm
1: going, I didn't even know we had an order, but I'm going with the Seahawks. I really like what they did in the draft, what they're doing in the offseason, and I question a lot of the moves that the 49ers made, so I'm going to bet that we're going to see a change and the Seahawks win this thing again.
2: I'm going to go with the Niners here, guys. I look at the addition of Trent Williams. I think he's going to be ready to go. That run game might look even better. They got more juice at wide receiver right now. George Kittle is George Kittle. That defensive line will be fine, even with DeForest Buckner gone. So I look at the Niners here, maybe the most competitive division in football. I'll say that. I'm going to bet on Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah, I want to badly, but I'm going to take the Seahawks. They've never had a losing season with Russell Wilson at quarterback. I think they only get better with some of the additions they made, not just through a very strong draft class, but in free agency. I also think that Super Bowl hangover is going to be real for the 49ers. Losing to DeForest Buckner, I know it's all about financial health for this team long term. That is a huge, not only the plays that he made, but the doors that he opened for Nick Bosa, the rest of that D-line. I think the Niners may be a wildcard team. The Seahawks win this division, and I cannot wait to shut my Twitter down for <laughs> days. Now you after
1: you this. This definitely need to because to be Bears crazy. fans have already found you. Now, your own team, the 49ers, they're going to cannibalize you.
0: Yeah, we'll see. All right. Draft on draft time three before we are officially on vacation for two months. The Ginger, 2 4. This is not me, believe it or not. What's the likelihood that the NFC West repeats with having both the NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year and NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year, with Isaiah Simmons being a freak and Cam Akers being the lead back in LA? I don't think it's completely out of the question uh, to get that back to back Rookie of the Year uh, on defense and offense. Isaiah Simmons is going to be fantastic. I think we all agree about that. I wouldn't count out a guy like Jordan Brooks either, playing weak side linebacker. He's going to have a big opportunity to make plays. It would take Brandon Ayuk basically being unstoppable, though, offensively.
1: I, I think the offensive thing is gonna be tough. For Akers to get going, I think he's the favorite to do it offensively. Defensively, though, you mentioned Jordan Brooks and even Javon Kenlaw. I think he could come in have some really good production on that defensive line. You know, teams are worried about Nick Bosa. Javon Kenlaw could come in and get some sacks from the interior, too. So I think there's actually a pretty damn good chance. As long as Cam Akers or an Ayuk, I just I don't know if we can get it on offense, too.
2: I don't think it's crazy, but it is a little nuts to pick anyone but Chase Young when you look at this here, guys. I think he's going to come in and be a wrecking ball from day one. And listen, Isaiah Simmons is going to make a big difference, but it might not show up in the stat sheet. That's the problem with his game. It feels like the defensive rookie of the year can be a stat-based award at times. They look at sacks. They look at tackle numbers, things like that. So that's one problem. And Cam Akers, I actually really like that pick because I think when you look at the offense he's going into, now Matt did allude to the point that the offensive line is still a gigantic question mark, but in terms of volume, outside of Clyde Edwards' lair, Cam Akers is in a big, big line right now to get a lot of volume as a rookie running back.
0: Yeah, I think one division that has a chance, the NFC East. Chase Young, like you mentioned, CeeDee Lamb for Dallas. Mm. That would be a sneaky, like, oh yeah, CeeDee Lamb, duh, he's great. But him being in Dallas, that makes that an interesting one. All right, Dakota Cox, this question uh, is a toughie. What's a bold sports prediction that you think will be true by the time Stick to Football comes back in July? Might be fun to look back at some of these. A bold sports prediction. I don't know if we're going to have sports to make a prediction about. That's the hard thing. Maybe that's maybe that'll be my prediction, that, uh, that we do have sports by then. Maybe I'm an optimist. But I think by mid-July, we will have figured this out to where we've seen some basketball and some baseball I'll take the high road here with that one. I hope so,
1: because if not, I don't know what I'm going to do with this vacation. (laughs) Bold football take, I'll say Cam Newton is still a free agent when we come back from work.
0: There you go. And then we left Connor with nothing.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, I was going to go with the opposite. I'll take two. I'll take a fun one. I think in a bizarro world, the Cincinnati Reds will be one of the hottest teams in baseball when you look at some of the additions they made. And then on the football side, I'm going to throw a dart out there. I think Cam Newton is going to be with the Patriots. Ooh,
0: that is the, still the betting favorite for Cam Newton to be a Patriot. So, I oh God, I hope baseball comes back. I don't even care if the Orioles are good, which is my nemesis. Yeah. Like, I want baseball back that bad. I don't care if the Orioles win the World Series. They won't. But even if they do, I'll be happy for them. No, I wouldn't. That's a lie. Last draft on draft question from Pat Chamberlain. Sentimental edition. What aspect of hosting stick to football are you going to miss the most during summer hiatus? And then on the other side, what are you going to miss the least? What I'm going to miss the least is the amount of time that the setup and prep takes every day. We have an amazing, amazing team that works behind the scenes. That, like, hour of waiting to go on is so hard to keep your energy level up so that when that camera flips live, we're not sitting here like zombies. That's what I'm going to miss the least.
1: Uh, What I'm going to miss the least, sitting in front of these hot damn lights, (laughs) trying not to sweat so that I don't have to use the old sweat rag. Right,
0: like a quarterback. (laughs)
2: yeah i would go with that as well i think th- definitely the sweating when you're doing your show from your apartment or from home <laughs> essentially uh it can be tricky at times but i know you know everybody at bleacher report has made the most of it and we're really fortunate that we were able to continue with the show definitely yep. the sweating I, that's really it i don't really mind anything <laughs> else here guys
0: <laughs> these I, lights heat up so so they quickly, do. and it's so much. I think, miss the most for me is that anytime something newsy or topical happens, I'm wired to text you guys and be like, hey, we need to talk about this tomorrow, no. or we're leading the show with this. So, I think that's what I'll miss the most like the camaraderie of building the show plans, of executing them, everything that goes on behind the scenes of this is a brand that we're basically running. Uh, damn near full-time, so uh, we'll have to find something random to keep our group text going about, but that's what I'll miss the most. Hopefully it's baseball. Hopefully it is baseball. There will be some side bets for sure.
2: I think filling the void is definitely one. I think it's a great point, Matt. Whenever there's news in the world for the last three years, it really hasn't been one of those things where we sit there and digest it. we rather we go, how are we going to talk about this on the show with our audience? So I think that's the thing now. We're entering probably a month or two here where... It's not going to be a lot of football news. So if there was ever a time for us to take a little break, come back bigger and better, this would be it. But that's definitely the element for me.
0: That Yeah, well said. That is our show. Thank you so much to Sean McManus, our producer, who has worked his tail off since Stick to Football has gone live. We appreciate it. We'll be back two months. The music's going to play us out. I need a ukulele. Follow us on Twitter. We will still be there. at Stick to Football, at Mellow, at Connor J. Rogers, and at NFL Draft Scout. Until July, you guys have a good summer. We'll be back.